Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. watch rat race and actually i really enjoyed it oh good it's really dumb but i was invested so this came out in 2001 and i do remember like seeing the trailer for it and everything Mm -hmm. i don't know why i never saw it if i'm being perfectly honest i probably just didn't have anyone else to see it with you're making me so sad no i just like my friends in high school bless their hearts they all you know and and myself too like i didn't know like what good movies were until like college well let's be honest this isn't a quote-unquote good movie no but what i'm trying to say is that i really just defaulted into romantic comedies like all the time and every once in a while if there was a really funny movie out i would see that well but did you see road trip yes did you like that i did okay it was like well, one of my favorites well yeah then that that's very weird that you ended up not seeing this because I Brecken Meyer and Amy Smart yes, are the leads in both. Well, yeah. this is an ensemble, but yeah, but yeah. they're in both. I, I'm even more surprised than that you didn't see this. Yeah, I I don't know why I didn't. Do you know when it was like when specifically it was released? I think between January and December of 2001. Mm-hmm. It might have just been one where... Right? I don't know. I'm trying to see. Between January and December? Oh, no. No. It was released August 17th, 2001. So that was the summer before I went away to college. And if I'm going to guarantee that because it was August, it was late August, I was moving into like my dorm and like I was moving out to college then. And I'm sure it was just I didn't know where anything was. Yeah. So I just didn't go to the movie. Like, Why did and you I had say no, no when I said between, you said it came out in August? Yeah. And I said between January and December, and you said no. Oh, I flip-flopped those and thought it was between, thought you meant between December and January, and I'm like, no, it wouldn't have been a holiday movie. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. There is no between December and January. Yes, there is. Like, December of the year previous to January of the new yeah, year. Yeah, they butt up against each other. You There's butt up against each other. And by the way, between <laughs> January and December of 2001 is the entire fucking year. I know. I get that now, but I missed it <laughs> because I was scrolling through IMDb at the same time. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry that the sound of my voice just makes you want to check the internet. Well, 
no, I was because I was trying to see what the actual release date was. Yeah, sometime between January and December. I know, but I was looking for the. Oh my god! So here's the plot: John Cleese plays Donald Sinclair. He owns Vegas Hotel Casino. And he randomly chooses a bunch of people to basically do a rat race, which is they have to get from Vegas to Silver Springs, New Mexico. They're each given a key. Mm -hmm. They have to open up a locker and they'll have $2 million. Once everyone takes off, you find out that it's just like a... A betting. Yeah, an eccentric rich person betting thing. Yeah, it's like a horse race, but they're using people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's just kind of like a road trip movie. It's very, very similar to it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah, it's just it's a a neat ensemble. I mean, obviously, you're introduced to all of the characters in the beginning of the movie. I like the way that they did it is that their lives literally are only intersecting because of this thing. I liked that idea as opposed to, you know, like in the beginning of a lot of other movies, it's um, like we're family or this is, you know, there's a more natural way for, you know, people's stories to connect. And I liked this, that it was so random. There were all these really just insane pairings. Yeah, I really like the chemistry of all the teams. Yeah. There's Brecken Meyer, who plays a young guy who's in Vegas for a bachelor party. Mm-hmm. But he's super straight and narrow, doesn't take any chances because he has political... Aspirations. Yeah, in the future. And he ends up teaming up with Amy Smart, who plays a helicopter pilot. There's Whoopi Goldberg. She is meeting her daughter that she put up for adoption, uh, adoption who's played by Lene Chapman, mm-hmm. who mostly does just like, I, I like hate saying just, but she mostly does voice voiceover. acting. Yeah. She was so funny. She and was so funny. Holding her own against a comedy legend like, like Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi, yeah. Holy shit, she did great. She was fantastic. I didn't really recognize her, but she was so good. I was like, she has to have been in other stuff that I've seen. She hasn't really, but she was so good in this. Like, I would love to see her doing more stuff like this like more live action i imagine she's probably doing voice acting because it's what she likes to do because she certainly can do whatever she wants like yeah she's great both in yeah voice acting and on camera acting uh mm-hmm. cuba gooding jr plays a, a disgraced referee and he's kind of on his own but he ends up hijacking an i love lucy convention bus, bus. Full of Lucy impersonators. Yes. Vince Velouf and Seth Green play the Dwayne and Blaine Cody. Mm-hmm. And this came up because I was looking at trivia and something else on an earlier episode and mentioned Vince Velouf and really wanted to watch this movie again because you had not seen it. They're so goddamn funny. I wasn't really familiar with Vince Velouf, but I mean, obviously, I. He doesn't. Familiar- really just do comedies like he's a working actor yeah across genres oh yeah i'm looking at his imdb like he kind of does everything yeah so i'm just i just wasn't familiar with him but he's an idiot who pierces his own tongue yeah and it gets horribly infected so 
you can't understand him the entire movie. Right. You can sort of pick up things here and there. It's so interesting because it's kind of like Chewbacca in that sense where... Mm -hmm. You know what he's saying even though you don't know what he's saying. He has to really not only say his lines but make sure that he mimes what's going on enough so that you can also understand what's happening if there isn't a character repeating it for him i just heard a neat story about peter mayhew who played chewbacca speaking of him really Mm -hmm. quick i thought this was a sweet story okay so needed to do some sort of shot for star wars a new hope and peter mayhew wasn't around so george lucas was like well just put anyone in the costume started shooting it and they realized how much peter mayhew was actually bringing to the role george lucas was like oh shit call peter we need peter oh wow oh that's yeah. sweet kathy najimi and john lovitz play uh the pairs mm-hmm. and John Lovitz is basically a down on your luck kind of loser like a dad. Loser dad, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's taken his family on the first family vacation in three years, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're in Vegas, and yeah. it's you know, but that whole family, great chemistry together. Yeah, they were fantastic. Like I was looking up the kids because I'm like, man, these kids are really funny. The son played Pugsley Adams in the short-lived Adams. Yeah, but TV series. Yeah, and the daughter did like a few small, sometimes just like additional background kind of yeah. stuff. I I was so surprised that they're not at least the daughter. I don't think is still acting. I think her credits end at like 2010. Probably decided to go to school or something, or do something else. But yeah, the kids were so great in it. Yeah, I also thought, and I have to say that I thought it was really funny that Dean Kane was listed in the opening credits. Oh, yeah. Even though he only... He's he's in two scenes. He's probably in the movie for a total of five minutes. Right. I thought that was really funny. I'm like, really? We're we're bragging about Dean Cain? Okay. Well, that kind of stuff probably comes down to what his agent can do. Even though Vince Falouf is definitely one of the lead people in the movie, Mm -hmm. his man or his agent couldn't get his name or image on the poster like everyone else is on the poster oh really yeah that just came down to bad agents or whatever so yeah i guess that makes sense yep rowan atkinson is in the oh god i I love rowan atkinson so much he's fantastic if you're not a comedy person and you listen to Rowan Atkinson talk about comedy, I could see easily wanting to stab yourself in the ear with a bullet shot out of a gun. Like, (laughs) he does not make it fun at all, but he is so insightful. I'm such a fan of listening to him talk about the mechanics and theories of... Yeah, he's... he's a brilliant, brilliant actor. Absolutely brilliant. A star of Mr. Bean, obviously. Yeah, he's he's basically just like a... I can't tell if he's like drugged out or drunk or just weird guy from Italy who's just kind of wandering around Vegas. Yeah, well, he has narcolepsy. Oh, yes. He does have narcolepsy. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the whole, everything else that he's doing, he's like, oh, I hope I win. It made me wonder, I'm like, is he on, is he supposed to be on peyote or something? Like, 
but but it but it worked so well for that character i don't know if anyone else could have done it quite as delightfully as him no no he's definitely a guy who brings a lot to any role role, that he's cast in Mm -hmm. he ends up teaming up with wayne knight who is driving a medical van transporting a heart and he accidentally (laughs) runs over rowan atkinson do you know uh who was originally cast in that role that Wayne Knight took? No. Why am I blanking on his name? George Costanza? Oh, Jason, Jason Alexander. Yeah, Jason Alexander. Yeah, Jason Alexander. So it's kind of neat that he ended up not being able to do it. So someone else from Seinfeld yeah. <laughs> got to do it. Yeah, that is actually kind of cool. And then a couple more. One of our all-time favorites Dave Thomas plays yes. John Cleese's assistant, mm-hmm. basically. A man of few words, but so cute. Yeah. So great. I just want to point one thing out. So John Cleese is wearing these insane fake teeth that are so white and look like they're about to jump out of his face. Oh, yeah. It's definitely an eccentric millionaire kind of thing. Where, like, oh, of course he would get the biggest, whitest teeth. I don't know who made that decision, but I loved it. I heard someone talk about, like, the difference between American acting and European acting Mm -hmm. is American actors are much more method where they're like, I really need to, like, discover this character from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Where European actors are sort of like, oh, Yep, no, I figured out this character based on these fake teeth. Okay, I can do this character now. They do it from, like, the outside in. Oh, okay. Someone with a a very peculiar outside, one of my favorite actors. Uh, He steals the key from Dwayne and Blaine. Yes. And that's uh, Lloyd, played by Silas Weir Mitchell. Yes. Yeah, he played, like, Crazy Donnie from My Name is Earl. Mm -hmm. And he's just one of those guys who I really enjoy seeing him a lot. I was really happy when he got, I think the show was called Grimm. Yeah, Grimm. Where Mm -hmm. he ended up being the second lead on that show, basically. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because he's just a kind of guy who, because he has really intense eyes, Yes. There's really a limit to the roles that he's going to get to play. You're not going to put this guy in a lot of comedies. So I really like yeah. it that he got to be a semi-regular on My Name is Earl. And he got to be funny in this movie, too. Because yeah. he spends most of the movie hanging off a rope of a hot on a hot air, air balloon, balloon uh, also that's tied attached. to a cow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those poor cows. Yep. So he steals the key from them while they're trying to make copies of it so that they can split up, divide and conquer, basically. They basically lay it all out between the two of them like, yeah, it's this number locker at this place and we get $2 million. So he overhears and he's like, but be discreet. Yeah, be discreet. And he's like, "Mm, yeah, I'm going to steal this key. And while he escapes, he jumps into a hot air balloon and i just love that seth green runs after him jumps onto the rope and then he's being dragged through like a pasture of cows but not like on the ground he's like just high enough so that he keeps getting thrown into cows (laughs) like (laughs) and his body's so small (laughs) those cows were so huge it was really um it's actually pretty delightful Oh, yeah. There's a, a neat little cameo uncredited to uh, Kathy Bates, who plays mm-hmm. a wor- woman trying to sell squirrels. 
she's another person who it's really fun to see. Yes, doing like comedy because she's so good at it. Here's three random things. I already told you about one of them, and that is that the um, charity spokesperson at the end is Rance Howard, who is Clint Howard's dad. Yes. Did yes, you know that Clint Howard has a brother who's also an actor? Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Like he also has directed a couple movies, I guess. You're out of control. And then um, the other one, <laughs> this is kind of a stretch. I like how you just gave up immediately. We're like, okay, anyway. Remember the uh, rental car trainee who <laughs> the uh, person's like, yes. hey, hit enter? That guy, his name is Guy Cohen, and he is most notably the white guy for the Pretty Fly for a White Guy video. <gasps> That's so funny. Yep. Oh, my God. And then the last cameo, like, I don't know if you noticed this, speaking of that kind of genre of music, uh-huh. the popular punk, the band at the end was Smash, <laughs> Smash Mouth. Mouth. Yeah. Which cracked me up. I don't, I don't know why. I feel like this isn't the first time that Smash Mouth has popped up in like a movie or TV show. They're like at the end of every Shrek movie. I mean, yes, that, but I feel like I've seen them in something else as well where they were like... We're Smash Mouth, and they just play the one song that everyone knows. I think it was some sort like there was some sort of rule. I can't remember what it was exactly in the early two thousands about how every it was either every fifth or every sixth movie released had to end <laughs> on a Smash Mouth song. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That must be what that is. That must be what I'm remembering. Yeah. Somebody. Wants- oh, my God. It was also really funny when it kicked into the song because it went from using probably the audio from the microphone that he was speaking into mm-hmm. to the dubbed song. I don't know. I just noticed the transition there. Like the sound transition was very obvious that it went from like the professional recording. Oh, you know what's really sad? Because I do actually like old Smash Mouth. (laughs) Of course you do. But Smash Mouth Live is really bad because... The guy can't sing anymore. Well, he could never really sing. Yeah. Somebody. (laughs) Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I mean, I hate that song, but. No, it's not the best. It's not that. It's not a very good song. It's just was the one that was the most popular. Right. Well, it's the poppiest one on that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That album has some really Really good good songs. Really good songs, yes. But that album is really overproduced and you just can't recreate a super overproduced. Yeah, you can't. Not live without a lot of overdubs. And, I mean, if you're, yeah. It, yeah, if you're in a studio and, you know, they can tweak your vocals, like you're never going to sound better than you do before they tweak your vocals in, in a mm. studio. And then to be singing live where... All the instrumentation as well, too. Yeah. Like, Smash Mouth just does not sound good live. I sort of am not surprised, but it's okay. Here's trivia I did not know. This is one of my favorite movies. We own it, even though we watched it on HBO Max. Yeah. This isn't one of my favorite movies. This is a movie that I like a whole lot. I need to stop speaking in hyperbole. (laughs) Here is some trivia I did not know until watching it this time and looking it up. Okay. So originally... Jerry Zucker, who directed this movie, mm-hmm. sent a 
a letter to Kevin Smith because he wanted Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes to play Blaine and Dwayne. Oh. And Kevin Smith turned it down, really had no memory of that at Uh all. And then like 20 years later, he found the letter and was like, oh, oops. But this came out the same year as Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Whoopi Goldberg and Kathy Najimy were both in the Sister Act movies together. Yes. Yes, they were. Even though, I mean, they're really not in any scenes together until the very end. Yep. And the very beginning. Or no. No, they're not because it's just John Lovitz in the beginning. The concert scene at the end was a nice little bow because everybody, they end up, spoiler alert, all kind of grabbing the money at the same time, but ending up crashing into this concert that, you know, is a charity concert that's fundraising and then they end up giving away all the money to charity yeah to feed the world yeah to feed the world that's nice nobody was greedy but you know because everybody's like yeah these people raise so much money they all dive into the crowd and all yeah, the crowd. crowd surf is it vince Valouf? yeah when he dives into the crowd it looks like like he lands on everybody but it looks like they drop him and then throw him back up Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, they dropped him. Anytime there's a scene where people are getting ready to crowd surf, I always wait for the joke where everyone parts, you know? Oh, yeah. So I'm always expecting that, even though it is a bit that's been overdone before. Yeah, but it doesn't look like the crowd split. No, like- no, 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 no. But I'm always expecting that so i'm always oh, so pleasantly surprised, surprised when it does not happen okay i think I, when we took our warner brothers tour we were given faulty information because you said at the beginning of this wow they did a real good job of recreating the venetian this was shot at the venetian it was shot at the venetian yeah so but it was well i thought the exteriors were shot at the venetian but the interiors were not i thought the interiors were. i, I don't know i would love to know if anyone knows the answer and could tell us but when we took the warner brothers tour a few years ago one of the buildings on a tour was one that doubles for the exterior of many different casinos for vegas Mm -hmm. and uh the tour guys said that they don't actually shoot things at the exteriors of casinos. It's cheaper to just build an exterior. And I don't know if I buy it. Maybe it's a thing they did for like one movie, but not necessarily every, you know, movie that they shoot where they need to do an exterior for a casino. Yeah. Fuck you, Warner Brothers tour guide. No, dude. The Warner Brothers tour was best money I ever spent. Yeah, you took me for my birthday. I did. It was worth every penny. I got this great discount because we're California residents and there was, they were about to get rid of the, they would run like a special every once in a while where they'd be like, oh, we're bringing back the resident price tickets. So, and they're like half the price. It was friggin' awesome. And it's like, it's a three hour tour. A three hour tour. What's that? <laughs> a three hour tour. Yeah. It's how long the Warner Brothers tour No, but why did you sing that? Because that's from Gilligan's Island. From what? Gilligan's Island? The theme song? Yeah? Yeah. I didn't know that theme song had lyrics. Oh my god. And scene. 
You're such a brat. I keep trying to fuck with you so bad. You're so rude. (laughs) (laughs) You're so rude. If you're in California around Los Angeles, even if you have to pay extra, like you should do it because it's awesome. It was one of the best tours I've ever been on. Cool. I'm glad that you finally got to see this movie. Me too. I don't know why I never ended up seeing it. I don't know either, but... I think it's just one of those ones that slipped through the cracks for me. Yeah, it must be. I I knew when I found out that you hadn't seen it before, I was pretty sure that you were going to enjoy it a lot. And today was just kind of a fun day to watch a stupid movie that is just a series of jokes. Yeah. It was directed by one of the Zucker brothers, so... Yeah, it was great. I recommend watching it. It's, like, just shy of two hours. Really fun and funny if you just want to, I don't know, have something light. (laughs) Yep. You were correct. I did really, really like this. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.